right, everyone. Welcome back to the Cardinal and Cream podcast. My name is Toby Forehand. I'm a junior digital media communications major here at Union. Joining me on the podcast today is our current student body president, Mr. Ethan Voss. Ethan, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. All right, uh, Ethan, today we're talking about leadership culture at Union. And really, I guess, kind of broadly, just in a Christian context in general. Um, but here at Union University, you know, you get here as a freshman there is a big emphasis on getting involved on campus, becoming a leader on campus, leading your peers. So I'm going to just start out with a big question. Might be kind of a might be kind of a dramatic one, but I think you're a good person to speak into it. You know, having held so many leadership positions and currently holding, you know, student body president, do we glorify leadership here at Union? And is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What does that do to the average student when they get here? Yeah, for sure. I think it's interesting to hear the word glorify because um, I think that word is so often reserved only for Christ, but it's dangerous in other contexts. And so there's mm-hmm. definitely a heavy emphasis on leadership. When I came to Union, I did not want to get as heavily involved here as I was in my high school. I did 14 extracurricular activities in high school. I came to Union. I said, I'm never going to do that again. I'm going to pick my one thing, really go all in. And uh, about three weeks into my freshman year, I found myself in so many different things. And through that is how I just continued to meet connections that got me involved in more. And so it's kind of a, an effect of kind of building a tower. And so you start with your base, you start with your very first leadership position, and you just continue to meet similar people that are involved in so many circles. Because I think the leadership bubble truly is pretty small. Um, and I think it's a really big blessing. And so I don't know if it's truly glorified, but it's definitely heavily encouraged and very supported because it really is the backbone and the core of student life, in my opinion. So the moment you step on campus, there's so much emphasis on joining organizations, getting involved specifically in something that you're passionate about and kind of climbing your way up that ladder. And for some students, it's incredible. And some students, they just get truly burned out of it. So, Well, let me ask you about something you just said. You said uh, that leadership bubble is actually pretty small. Um, What do you mean by that? Are you saying the people who who really go all the way and end up holding a lot of positions uh, is not that many people or, or what does that mean? Yeah, I think I've been involved in many, many different things here at Union, and what I feel is a lot of different circles. And the people that are doing everything is only a handful of people. And there's a lot of overlap with Welcome Week and admissions and and the orientation team. You see them involved in a lot of things. But there's so many great ways to get involved at a lower level. But I would say the people that do a little bit of everything – it's not that many people, and I feel like I continue to to work with the same people, and I've been truly blessed to work with them. And they, you know, they put their time into Union, and they decide that that's where they want to lay their roots and continue to grow up through their organizations. And it's uh, it's really fun to work with those people because they also have such a diversified portfolio of leadership that they can represent so many different things. And so specifically with SGA, my favorite part of the week is going to all staff, where I can look out in my room and lead a meeting with people that represent literally everything in union whether it's a class whether it's greek life whether it's honors whether it's athletics um, and seeing those people really continue to pour into the community that bubble is a lot of fun to work with for sure okay so let's um let's dive into another thing that you've said here where you're talking about when you first got here you know you were hoping to maybe take a step back from how how full your schedule was in high school, having the 14 extracurricular activities. Um, You know, getting to Union, your mindset was that you wanted to do less um, and then somehow you were influenced to do more. But I think a lot of people coming into school, maybe they are wanting a reset from high school. Maybe they weren't as involved. Maybe they were shyer in high school. 
um, they're kind of coming into their own, or at least this has definitely been the story for me, you know, kind of coming into my own uh, in college, wanting to be maybe more outgoing, take on more leadership, um, and then finding it hard in the opposite way, where it's like hard to find spots to, to really plug in, um, you know, which ended up not being the case. But freshman year, I thought that was going to be the case for me. So, um, you know, that, that fear kind of went in the other direction for you, where you wanted to maybe take, take, take a step back and chill, and then you were, I mean, what, would you say compelled, forced, coerced? Like, what, what happened with that process for you? I just found things that I love. Mm. Uh, I think if you're leading in areas that you don't love, why did you join that area in the first place? Right. And so there was all these things that were jumping out to me, whether it was, um, yeah, for broadcasting or different clubs in student government I had done similar to high school. And I just had a passion for it, and I loved it. And because I'm in a major and a program that is not too inter- too terribly work heavy outside of the classroom, I don't think I'd be able to do half the things that I do. And so because of that, it really is kind of my favorite thing that I do at Union is all my extracurricular activities. And so for me, I came in and jumped into those as if that was going to be my college experience, almost more than the classroom that I was getting. I was the only, I'm currently the only person in my major, and so a lot of my classes are kind of finishing them out, getting me through the program. But everything else that I do has truly been the most formative as part of my experience and so for future jobs for different things that I do in my um, in my work I think those have been the things that have been the most impactful have been the things that are actually outside of the classroom so I guess for you the question I would have is do you think that it's good or is it bad to have an opinion that leadership positions are hard to get like do you think that they should be hard to get I think it's a really good question um maybe in a conversation like this it's good to I mean, it's always good to be nuanced, but I think we should be extra nuanced here because this stuff can go really, really deep, right? Like this, what you choose to like give your time to and give your heart to in college, um, at least for while you're in college, is going to, it's going to inform people's reputation for you. Like people are going to start thinking different things about you, but it's also going to massively impact your mental health and your spiritual health. So it is good to be nuanced on something like this because if I wouldn't want to put a piece of content out that said like, all right, everyone go apply for the first thing you see. Yeah. And then, you know, freshmen are ending up really anxious by junior year because of everything they're involved in. So with things like leadership positions, maybe let's differentiate between a leadership position and just getting involved. Yeah, right? for sure. Because I do think it is healthy on some level for pretty much everyone to find something that they want to get involved in. Right. So whether that's SGA, um, you know, it was SGA, it was SGA for me sophomore year. And then I stepped away from that. And then it was other things, junior year, other things, you know, um, look, looking at now, like at the end of my junior year, um, cause I'm on kind of a weird <laughs> schedule, but, um, some people might stick with SGA all the way through. There's a differentiation that needs to happen. Maybe, maybe some people never go to SGA, but they get involved in their church. Maybe some people decide to do the life group thing and they never do, they never do welcome week. Maybe some people flip that, right? So I don't think it needs to be one size fits all. And I do think true leadership positions, something like, something like, you know, that has a lot of work that impacts others that comes with it, something like admissions or something like Welcome Week. Um, those are truly leadership. That's not just involvement. I think maybe that does need to be a little harder to get. I think there is an element of proving, proving yourself in that way. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing, right? I do think it would be a bad thing if we were gatekeeping involvement, period, right? I think this idea of 
there's a certain group of select few cool people that get to be known on campus. That is very unhealthy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that should be fought against. But I do think it's a good thing that we don't have a culture of just anyone becoming, you know, SGA president or anyone becoming a Welcome Week leader. Um, that, to some extent, is probably healthy. And, you know, those things need to be taken with humility. Those things need to be taken with a lot of, um, you know, being thankful for the positions you've been given. But gatekeeping involvement is extremely unhealthy. But I do think there needs to be a level of proven leadership in, in certain positions. So where do you think that it's worth it to spend your time? What are some aspects or areas of growth that you're specifically looking at when you're trying to determine if a leadership position is worth taking? Because once you kind of take a bunch of positions, I was under the impersonation my freshman year of take every position you can until you have to say no. Mm. Um, and so like turning down an opportunity was extremely difficult for me because I was like, it could lead to something else. It could turn into one, two, three other opportunities in the future. It builds a relationship, a connection until the point where I had to say no because I was double, triple, quadruple booking myself. So right. where for you are you looking during that decision-making process of is something worth taking? Man, I think this right here, I think this is the heart of it. I think this is... I think this is what we're really talking about, and this I'm super passionate about um, because I've been through kind of what you were talking about, right? There was a time last year when I was just saying yes to basically absolutely everything, and it was so hard for me on a mental level to say no to something because of what you were saying, right? Because of the fear that somewhere down the line I would regret not having the opportunity. Um, looking at it in hindsight now, I know that was extremely unhealthy like really, 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 really detrimental to me on a spiritual level, on a relationship level, just really basically every level except resume building, it was unhealthy. But I was so zeroed in on being able to say, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this, right? So I think the, the line that you have to draw in the sand, and this is, what, this is what I did, the line that you have to draw in the sand of when you're going to say no to something and when you're going to say yes to something is, are you doing it for the sake of doing it or for the sake of adding it to the list, Right? Or are you doing it for the sake of the work that's getting done for those people, right? Because each thing you can get involved in has people you're benefiting, right? So if you're genuinely passionate about making the freshman year experience really, really good and just alive and healthy for freshmen, then you might be a really good Welcome Week leader. But if you don't actually have that passion and you're actually just passionate about adding another thing to your list, don't apply for Welcome Week, right? So are you doing it for the sake of adding a thing to your list or are you doing it because you really, really care about the work that's getting done? And so that's why, you know, my current job with um, university ministries, you know, it takes a lot of time and it's something I give a lot of time to. But it's because I'm really, really passionate about the ministry aspect of campus and, and how people's um, faith walks are influenced here on campus. So if I were to just knock that off the list because I don't want to say yes to another thing, that would be unhealthy in the opposite way now because now I'm not giving my talents or giving my time to the Lord in a way that I really could so I think it's really really important draw that line in the sand are you doing this you know are you doing this just because someone told you getting involved is good because that's not enough or are you doing it because you saw this and said that's for me right I want to give my time to this this matters I want to give my heart and my time to something good yeah I think that's really good um 
I think it's very tough. You know, I mean, I think we can say it all the time and, and realize that, but actually the practical application is so difficult to do that so many times because, you know, you don't want to regret that opportunity in the future. And so for me, I think what I've had to learn to do is look at opportunities and realize, is this something that I could see myself doing for the rest of my life or help me in doing something for the rest of my life? Or where is this an area that I can serve the people that I love the most? And I think finding the diverse opportunities to be able to serve people around you is the legacy that at least for me as a leader, I would rather leave. Because um, I, I would hate for people to look back at my four years and just be like, oh, Ethan, he was the guy that did everything but they couldn't actually point to the legacy I left. They could say, hey, he was involved in Greek life and SGA and YAF and BAN and all these things. I mean, they can build a whole bubble around it, but if there's no substance of legacy pouring into those people, then it's left after four years. Exactly. And I think in a, in a college sense, something that our administration has always told us is that if you can do something very well for two years, it will leave a legacy because students just assume that that's how it is. Mm -hmm. But in four years... Everybody that's here will not be here anymore unless you've got some fifth-year student or six-year student, something like that. Um, but uh, I think with it, if your legacy supersedes the titles and it goes farther into the development and the structure for the future, that I mean, that's our core value right there. That's your future directedness of union. Um, I think that those are definitely some things that I look at when I'm, when I'm trying to decide. For sure. And this is where I think that this kind of transitions into a spiritual health type of conversation because... Um, a quote that I really love is that programs don't disciple people, people disciple people, right? And so when I look back at last year, um, I was just hoping that good things would come from me spreading myself super thin, right? So I had like the UU Ministries job, and I had two positions in Greek life, and I um, was volunteering at church, and I... Yeah, for, for my UU Ministries job, I added like three jobs to it because I was like, oh, I could do this, I could do this. So I was making like three videos a week for UU Ministries. I was, you know, there was so many things that I told myself I had to do. And I remember the big thing that like got to me is I kept telling myself like, if I make this video that's talking about God and I post it on the UU Ministries page, then that's a good thing, right? Like I'm glorifying God with this, right? Like I'm doing a good thing. And then I went into, and this is, you know, this is just an anecdote, but I went into the analytics of the Instagram page. And I was looking at like all of the, all the stats that Instagram gives you. And I realized that my average watch time on my videos that I was making, like really just basically killing myself to make these videos every week. Like I would be staying up till three, four um, to edit these videos and put them out on a weekly basis. I looked at the average watch time and it was four seconds. <laughs> and tough. I realized I could be giving my time to actual real people. Yeah. I could be sitting down one-on-one -on -one with somebody and discipling them in that way, or sitting down one-on-one -on -one with somebody and being discipled, which would grow me and my leadership, right? And instead, I was giving so much time to editing videos for an Instagram page. Now, it's not to say that I don't think that work is important, but I, my priorities were way out of whack. And programs and videos and things you can post and things you can sign your name up for and you know activities you can get involved in, that doesn't disciple people. People disciple people, right? So stepping away from like technically being involved, but then actually in the, in the true concrete sense being involved with people i think is a huge game changer it really actually like changes everything about how you see your college experience and it changes also how people how, like you were saying people will remember you differently if you have a relationship focus instead of a instead of a bullet point focus where it's like this is a thing on my schedule there's definitely a very strong sense of camaraderie built through work mm. too and 
I think there's a lot of people that kind of believe you either have to lead or you have to sit down and have a meal with somebody to disciple them. Right. And I think that there's a lot of leadership that can come through and discipleship that can come through actually working alongside somebody. Yeah, like on a team or with people, right? Absolutely. And so for me, I'm somebody that I always want to be working with people. Like I get my energy from people. I don't want to sit in my room. I mm. feel like my roommates never see me because I'm always on about. I, f- I, f- I see them more in the wild than I see them in our own room. Um, but I think for me, I develop when I'm around other people. Right. So to push other people to develop that legacy, when you show them your work ethic as a leader, for me, one thing I've always seen, I've always said to my SGA team is people will respect you as a leader when you pick up the last things and you're the hardest worker in the room, but they respect you because they have a relationship with you. Mm. And that goes farther than the work because you can just have an absolute workhorse, but if nobody has any respect or relationship with the workhorse, then the work ends with them. For real. The work will continue if it's somebody else. And, and one of the biggest areas, I think, is in the small details. And I was looking uh, through my notes from a class a couple of weeks ago, and I was reading a book on John Wooden, and he talks about the, the attention to detail. And that comes in relationships. It comes in work. It comes in pretty much every aspect of leadership and discipleship of it's important to notice the small details to prepare you for difficult times. And so as a leader, one of the things he talks about is the rivets on an airplane. And if you start to take away one rivet off the wing, nothing's going to happen. Tiny little rivet, take away two, take away three, take away four. Nothing's probably going to happen. Now, if you just continue to not give care and very specific attention to detail in those rivets, then that plane is going to fly through a storm. And if there ain't no rivets, that that plane's going to crash. And so being very attentive to detail is so important. And I think if you're too involved to where you start to drop the details, that's when you realize that it might be too much. And if you can't give your all relationally in the small times and the details and having the flexibility to, to drop something and go and care for a person, I think that's been the biggest wake up call for me is, Hey, I see a friend, I see somebody struggling right now. Um, if but it's I like, Oh, but I have to go to this meeting. Exactly. You know, sorry, man, I, I have to be at this thing. Absolutely. I feel like if you don't have the flexibility for that, that's the time. And I mean, it's okay to be like, Hey man, give me 30 minutes, give me an hour, whatever. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have time anywhere in your day, that's where it just gets dangerous to love other people. Exactly. Yeah. And with your, like the airplane thing, you know, that is so, you know, you start thinking about that on a real life level. Like, obviously that's just an analogy, but it really is very true. Like if you, if you spread yourself too thin, you are letting things slip. There's just no way. Cause every person only does have so much bandwidth. So the question at the end of the day is like, where is your heart actually at? You know, where is it actually at? And it makes me think of this like Dallas Willard quote where he says, the Lord is not opposed to effort. The Lord is opposed to earning. Mm. And so if we think that we are earning, you know, if, if we think we're earning our salvation through campus involvement at Union, that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. If we think <laughs> sure. we're earning our worthiness through our, our campus involvements, if we think we're earning our identity through our campus involvements, that is so unhealthy. But effort, the Lord is not opposed to. And in Scripture, it says, do everything to the glory of God. So we would never want to encourage you to do something that makes it harder to follow Scripture. So if you're signed up for 15 things, odds are you're not doing all of them to the glory of God. But if you're signed up for three things that you really care about or four things, it's very, very possible, even likely, that if you really, if your heart's really in them, you're doing them to the glory of God. So I think that's kind of the, that's kind of the crux of it right there. Like, where is your heart at? Because if it's, if it's really in these things, you can do them in the way that the Lord is pleased with. But if it's not it's very likely you're, 
you're letting that uh, you're letting that airplane fall apart. Yeah, and I think sometimes leadership positions help you in other positions, in mm. involvement in one area. And so I always encourage people do as much as you can. Use this time because you're never going to get it back. Right. And uh, you know I think you just got to make sure you don't oversteer the cart because I don't want the lesson to be just go do one thing and then rest the rest of the time. Right, you right, know, right. Go, go and use your time effectively and go and pour in, but go and do things that you love. Right. And if that is one thing that you can really be passionate about, go all in on it. Yeah. Um, do all I the things that truly have value. Yeah, know? absolutely. Because for me, I love being busy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do, and I think some of the, the biggest struggles in my life have come when I'm not busy, and I think that's when the greatest temptation comes and um, the enemy pokes at me of, you know, are you lonely? Are you not leading? Are you doing those kind of things when I'm not doing stuff? And so you just got to know yourself and you got to know where your temptation is easy to come through. So that's what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think that's awesome. Thank you for joining me today, Ethan. Uh, Once again, this has been the Card of the Creep podcast. I'm Toby Forehand signing off. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.